www.peakville.com. AM 1100. The opinions expressed during the sponsored programs on this station are strictly those of the program hosts, guests, and callers and are not necessarily those of Beasley Broadcast Group, this station, its staff, other advertisers, or agencies. Welcome to DNA Sports Talk. This is Don the D and DNA. This is Ace of the A and DNA. Where we come to you live each and every Monday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On WWE AM 1100, iRadio Now, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. Where we bring the facts about sports. If you don't agree, say so. Hello and welcome to DNA Sports Talk. This is Don the D and DNA. What's going on? This is Ace and A and DNA. We bring facts about sports. You don't agree? Say so. Call in 404-603-8770. Toll free number 888-926-7562. We're also live on Periscope as well as Facebook right now. Thoughts, comments, questions about today's topics of Major League Baseball. Some changes and how they directly go against what uh, NFL is doing right now. A couple of people have been picked up last minute for a playoff push. We'll get into that, our predictions for Monday Night Football. Uh, College basketball, every week there's a new number one. We'll have uh, Mr. Tate call in in a second as we delve into that a little further. NBA as well. And uh, NHL as well. Um, Heisman. No surprises there, but we'll get more into what took place at the College Football Awards last week. But let's first start with PGA and the President's Cup that took place uh, down in Australia, Melbourne, uh, over the past weekend. And congratulations to the United States team that came back and won. They were down 10-8 going into single matches on Sunday, which was late Saturday night, early Sunday morning for us here in the United States, and came back to complete the conquest, 16-14 to beat the international team. First time Tiger Woods was a captain for the team. He played well over the weekend, uh, went 3-0, and now has 27 wins in the President's Cup, uh, which is one more than Phil Mickelson, who was at 26 at the time. It was interesting after Friday's match, uh, four ball, they could have easily been down 9-1, and that probably would have been the end of it, but they scrapped out a victory and a half to make it six and a half, three and a half, which gave them a chance to come back. Um, Patrick Reed played horrible until the <laughs> last day for singles. His nickname, of course, is Captain America, so he needed to come through at the end there, and Kuchar sealed the deal. He didn't have a good round, couldn't put but he halved his hole, which allowed the U.S. to uh, keep the title, which they have not relinquished since 1998, I want to say. 
that they've uh, been the President's Cup winner. So why, why do they do well at the President's Cup but don't seem to do well at the, uh, at, uh, <laughs> Ryder, Cup. the Ryder Cup? Because the President's Cup is everyone except European players. Oh, okay. <laughs> they can't uh, beat European players. We got a wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, but now. Okay. But seriously, make, they, make, make they, sense now. they okay. struggle for whatever reason, and it's people like Ian Poulter on the Ryder Cup team that that's what he lives for. This is someone who probably has six, six, seven wins, but in Ryder Cup, he. I, I would venture to say his record in Ryder Cup is probably something like 14-1-1. One one. It's it's that stage. It's, yeah. it's something about it that brings out the best in in him. What they what they what they paying over there in Europe? <laughs> Apparently, a lot more. What they, exactly? <laughs> some incentives are on that as well. Exactly, and the international teams. President, uh, well, Captain, excuse me, was Ernie Ailes. And, of course, him and Tiger have had a great battles in the President's Cup before, so it was good to see both of them as captains. Ailes didn't play, however, Tiger did. He played Thursday and Friday. He set out Saturday, and then he played Sunday. Okay. And he actually looked pretty good. I know a lot of people were like, oh, Tiger is back. I wouldn't go that far because it's a different format. You're not playing your own ball the entire time, and you set out a day. Now, did he look good? Yes, he did look good. He played well, but let's wait until... Is Tiger a top 50 player? Yes, he's a top 50 player. Okay, so I, this, is what, this is what I was trying to say six months ago about Tiger. I, uh, we want to hold him to the to standards the that back. he did... When he had all the four majors and and you know held it for almost two two years straight, and we know he's never going to get there again, and it probably won't ever be a run in our lifetime that he had, you know, ten years ago or whatever the case may be. But he's a top fifty, top seventy five golfer. Definitely. Top and 50. so with you know and and with that being said, any given time. He can go on. He's going to be health stays stays wet stays you know decent at any given time. He'll be a top twenty five golfer, depending on the course. Correct. And then you already know he's a top fifteen golfer when he's in Augusta. So this is the new Tiger, which is still it's still good, still better than any any and everybody else. That's why I keep on asking you why you can't keep on saying never, and that's why I keep on <laughs> I keep on saying that this time we we run around to see who who was it he's chasing now he's chasing um, Jack Nicholas Jack Nicholas we we run around for that but I can almost imagine Jack went through the same thing he was favorite he hadn't won in in some years you know things of that nature and then he would win one here win one there win one there and you know those numbers kept kept adding up for him. Right. So, I I see the same progression for Tiger. But we but no. we but we're gonna we're gonna micro micro um can't get my words to say you know <laughs> we, we we we're gonna put him under under a microscope right when he does when he does bad and then we're gonna exalt him so high when he does good and that's just it's you not know, fair that. 
it's not fair. It's not reason. It's not reasonable. You know what I mean? So I just, you know, it's not fair to do that to him because only he knows his true health for one and what he's capable of. Mm-hmm. Now, we look at it to that point of can he go out, still compete, and perform to where any six tournament he could win? Yes. It's unfair to continue to look at him as Tiger of the field anymore. Correct. That's what I'm saying. But I have no problem in circling one or two ma- one or two matches throughout the season. On you know, he's going to be favored for Augusta. Yeah. As he, long as long as he's playing, he'll be favored at Augusta. Correct. That's you know you he's won what six times. Mm-hmm. So he's always going to be favored there, yeah. and then. Whatever courses come up, depending on, you know, until he gets to the senior tour or whatnot, there's going to be times within that even flow that he's going to be favored and, and not favored. But granted, it's not Tiger in the field no more. But Tiger is a top 50 golfer. And so I am, you got you need three more, right? The tie? Yes. Okay, so you get one next year, then you'll fall off. And then you get one the following year, and you get one the following year, and we keep it moving. And that's just how I, that's why I see him. I'm happy no, to see him playing well. I'm, I'm happy to, as long as his health stays there. To your point, you said he, you seem he seems to maybe getting his his mental uh, uh, fortitude back between the ears, and Correct. that's a dangerous golfer. Anybody in the top fifty can win any tournament on any given weekend. So, I think that's how. It should be realistically looked at. That he could win at any point. However, you got guys such as Gary Woodland who played well for the President's Cup. These are guys that have won multiple uh, majors in the last couple of years. Along with Brooks Kepka, unfortunately, Brooks has a uh, an injury, so we'll see how he bounces back from that. So. It was the same if you want to look at it when Jack was coming up. You had Greg Norman, unfortunately, couldn't win the uh, Masters. Played well. Won multiple majors during Jack's run. You had other people who won majors during Jack's run. But, of course, Jack was the, the gold standard because of how many he won, especially at the Masters. Now, looking at Tiger, it's the same thing. When you're chasing someone, it's a lot different than when you set the bar. So Jack didn't have the same amount of pressure because he was setting the bar as opposed to somebody trying to chase his mm-hmm. record, mm-hmm. i.e. Lamar Jackson with Michael Vick. We'll get into that. So Tiger is always going to be second best at chasing someone else. Well, until he ties it or breaks it. And, until he's, already, he ties it and he's, already, he's already broken just winning matches in general, right? He, Correct. He did that well, last he's season. He's tied. He's tied. He's tied Sam So he'll break that in the Bahamas somewhere or whatever. That's, <laughs> that, that's going to that's gonna be, he's going to win another match. We know that. So he'll break that. He'll break and that. And then he got three majors to get. And every year we'll talk about whether or not he can win a major, This which major he could possibly win coming into each, each season for the next four years or until he hits the senior tour. Okay, I'm just saying for everybody when they see those flashes, uh, what did he do? He chipped in on, I think it was either Thursday or Friday, chipped in off the green and uh, won a hole on like 14 or something like that. 
when you see shots like that, it raises everybody's expectations. That's good for golf. <laughs> and that's good. We get there, we'll watch. Because none of these other guys who have won multiple times since Tiger's had his slump has captivated our interest. So, Well, for one, none of them are close to Jack's record, which is when people start to observe things, mm-hmm. i.e. Lamar Jackson. If he was only rushing for four or 500 yards, okay, that's great. You have one or two highlights that people watch, but if you're not inching on a record, then the casual fan is not paying attention. It's the purest. So the same with Tiger. Casual fans are paying more attention because he's getting closer to a record. The second thing is because he's black. Because this is a mixture. Right. According to his words, right? Uh-huh. He's black, so this is something that a minority is doing, which yeah. puts more emphasis on it on a you know a dominated white sport. Yeah. Those are the two things that's going for him. I get it. I mean, but also, but he has personality. He's he, he, he has been difficult with the media. That has since changed which, since the which, incident. Which media is one thing, but that also personality-wise helps the average viewer to watch somebody, you know, whether they're cocky or whatever the case may be, people turn into bad boys. They turn into, you know, they turn to watch bad boys. So he's had some personality, some he has personality. He's had some drama in his life. Some most of it he created on his own, and some of it, right? Some of it you have self-inflicted, but some of it you have golfers, you know, talking about we, you know, we put on our greens and all that kind of stuff. So they've they've stirred the pot on some undertones as well. So it's all good TV, but so he'll win one this year. But when we get into the season, we'll figure out which major he'll win this year or have a good chance at winning, and. Then I'll get worried if he don't. Right now I'm not. Wor- <laughs> right now I'm not worried. I would have been you worried. Be worried. I'm not worried. I think he'll get he'll get one this season, and 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 he'll be two away. You should be worried. I'm telling you now. Okay. You should be worried because the longer gets, the harder it gets. How many years he got till senior? Uh, six. Six. Okay. So you need three. Three to time. So that's one every two years. I know I know you're looking at it mathematically like that, but that's not how it truly is. That's the analytical part of it. The feel of the game is no. Okay. It's not that easy. Okay. You got now <laughs> you you saying the exact same thing last year. I'm saying oh. the exact same thing, and he won the Masters. Yes or no? He won it. Okay. <laughs> I know it hurts to say it. <laughs> he won it. Okay. I can't take that now away he, from now him. Now he's three away. <sighs> okay. When, when, when does the season end? The season ends in? Um, uh, September. Of next year. Season ends. Correct. So, so the season's already started. So come talk to me about July if he hasn't won nothing by then. By then, that'll at least be the, of course, the Masters by that point. And the U.S. Open would have been played by that point. We'll be headed into the Open at that point mm-hmm. by July. Yeah, okay. You can start. You can start talking more confidently by then. No, it actually might have had the PGA by that point because they've moved things out around to move things up to finish everything by the end of August. So at that point, we'll at least have three majors completed okay. by that point. And we'll see how he's playing. Okay. Uh, baseball. I, got you, I got you, Tiger. See, there you go. Bad news bears over here. <laughs> That's the other problem he got today, y'all. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that. See? 
three opportunities. Never mind. See, there you go trying to get my blood pressure up before we even start. State the facts. <laughs> In baseball, the California Angels pick up Anthony Redden's seven-year, $245 million. Good move. Anything's a good move. Can they get to the wild club? <laughs> well, I mean, he came from, uh, what, uh, the Nats, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I trust I trust whatever um, Madden is doing. That's the skipper now. Your old yep. because of Joe Correct. Madden is there. He's the skipper. He signed a deal. Um, the Angels over the last, what, three weeks have signed about four arms. Pitchers, basically. Pitchers. So, I, yes, any move they're making to get them, they, they, they got some bats, too. And they're also talking about playing, uh, um, having their, um, the Asian ace. I can't call his name now. Him. Darvish? You Darvish? No, no, no. No, no. No, no. The, uh, oh, my goodness. This would be his second year from uh, from the Asian leagues. I can't think who you're talking about. Not for the Angels? Yeah, for the Angels. They got a, they got a star pitcher over there who, can, who has a bat, and they're talking about him hitting in, hit, putting him in the lineup because his bat is solid. He's hitting plus 200, 250 in his career, and he's a pitcher. In American League, you know, they sit out, but they talking about putting him in the in the lineup as well. I cannot think of his name now, the Asian guy. For the Los Angeles Angels. Yes, Anaheim Angels. They're Los Angeles. Yeah, but I'm sticking with Anaheim until they make it to the wild card. It's going to be their name. That's the best. I'm looking at the lineup right now, and I'm trying to figure out who in the world are you talking about. Otani? The DH? No, he's a pitcher. Oh, man. I don't know. who you you getting them confused with somebody else, apparently. No, I'm not. A pitcher? Yes. Ain't nobody on the Angels that's a, a pitcher. Who's Asian? Correct. Looking at like two years ago, <laughs> two years ago lineup. No, I'm looking at this year's 2019. 2019. We'll find it on the break and we'll tell you who it is. Anyway, I'm 2019. Still, I'm I'm happy with. I trust whatever Maddox comes up with and can get them to a wild card, so we can see Trout in October play or have him play at least in some meaningful game, meaningful games down the stretch. Unless season. you don't know your uh, ethnicity, and t- unless you're talking about Felix Pena. No, no, no. <laughs> this, guy's, this guy's Asian. He's Asian. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. No, he's not. <laughs> Suarez, another. You sure you? Hold on. When we, I gotta say, when we go to break, I'll pull him up. And let He's you know. on another team, y'all. Oh, they might have they sent him back down to, um, they might have him down to one of the minor leagues and haven't put him back on for the 2019-2020 roster as of yet. <sighs> for the Angels. Yes. Mike, Mike Chops team. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you say so. I'll, at break, I'll let you know. I'll look it up. At break. Okay. Because I don't see anybody. Like I said, Otani is the only one. And you said no to him. Otani's Asian? I said that a month ago, yes. He's the pitcher? He's a pitcher. 
It's got to be him. Then. <laughs> but you said no, that's no, not no, him. No, no, no. Because you said DH, then you said somebody's name. That's why I was like, nah, he ain't DH. He's the piece of pitcher. But they're talking about having him heads back in the lineup, so maybe they got him listed as a DH. Okay. <laughs> that's the only person. Yes, he could pitch and he could play DH. Okay. But they got him listed DH. That's okay. That's like I said. That's what. I said. Okay. Which would be interesting because you all you definitely don't see that right. on the American like American League side because you know granted DH so pitchers don't even you know worry. But it's right. a good thing because now you have interleague play. Um, um, you got a lot of a lot of. You seen all the the Yankees going out and getting people like uh, Cole Cole Hammonds, who three hundred and twenty four million played on the nat- played, played on a, in the National League side. That's, so that's too much money to me. And I once again, baseball is guaranteed money, so you get your money regardless, mm-hmm. unless there's something a clause in your contract to where you do something to violate that particular uh, contract. But the money is guaranteed, unlike football. However, I have a problem spending that much money on someone who's only going to be pitching 20, 27 games, maybe. Somebody who's playing every four days. Now, I don't have a problem with a positional player getting $300 million because you're playing out of 162 games. More likely, you're playing 155 of those games. You might sit out seven. Mm-hmm based on double headers or something like that. However, that much money for somebody that's every four days? You're only going to see that kind of money being spent in three places. L.A., Chicago, and New York. That's it. That's not something you're going to see across the board being spent in any other market in baseball. Other thing is, that kind of money, well... You've seen some of that money in Philly. But you know what I mean in your... But that was Bryce Harper, though. Again, no, no, that was a positional was, yeah, player. Yeah. But L.A., Chicago, uh, New York. Don't get me wrong. He's he's worth top money. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's worth top money because he can, you know, you're giving the ball and out of, we'll say, close to 30 games, he can win you 20. And be in the Cy Young competition. And if you get, you know, enough bats, you're talking about 23 wins possibly. However, again, that's, that's many, someone that's not playing games, every day. How many games you got to win in the playoffs? Three. If it's a seven-game series. I'm talking about totality. So you got, if they, not a wild card. And they if you're not a wild division, card. Though, if you got two games, you got to win there. You got two games in the two, At minimum, two, four, four. Four games. And then six. You got six games to win the postseason. Four. Divisional NLCS World Series. Okay. I'm just saying he got to win six games. Yeah, a minimum six. six At least gets two starts, right? Mm-hmm. Six, so he can go five and one in the postseason. Yankees will be happy with that all <laughs> day long. But you got to hope that, that you win the other game. I mean, I, mean, I know, I know, <laughs> you, I know you, you got to get there. I know you got to get there, right? But they're looking and at And once you get there, somebody else yeah, has to be. But, they, they but look, who's their second ace? Or because I look at it as baseball is now turning into the, the NBA where you got to have the big two now. We're going mm-hmm. all the big three mm-hmm. or days of like the Braves with um, Maddox, yeah. Glavin, yeah. uh, Smoltz. You, you know, your big three are gone. Yeah. 
Now it's more NBA. Well, who's your big two? I who's mean, your Houston, number one? Who's your Houston, number two? Houston wind up putting Ford. I mean, they still well, lost yeah, the they World still Series. Lost, right. They still lost, but I mean, they wind up putting. They wind up having a, a rotation of four. Now they let one of those guys go. It, it, it being uh, Cole Hammonds. I again, I certain teams. I have no. I get what you're saying. Overall, it's not a good move for baseball overall. But for what the Yankees are trying to do, and they need to win six games. They won a hundred. They won a hundred plus games this past season, right? And did not win the uh, ALCS. Correct. And they didn't win because of pitching. And CC retired, so you have to fill that void. But he was on the downside as well, going. So you got to figure their lineup as far as bats is going to be the same, if not get better. Aaron Judge and those guys are just probably now hitting the, hitting the pinnacle of their. You know what I mean. Of, of their careers because right. those guys are young. So, what do I do? I, I spend, I'm spending money. I ain't trying to develop too much down in the league. I need to win right now. And these next two two seasons is is the opportunity to maximize it out. And like I said, and it's only, I, I agree with you. I'm not, I don't, that money's crazy. But I, 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 I for the Yankees, I get it. If Chicago a few years ago was in the same similar situation, I get it. If the Dodgers, you know what I mean, those three who's markets. Who's your big two? Who's who's gonna be next? That's well, the they, thing. They're gonna pay somebody. Gonna pay <laughs> Again? Somebody yes. <sighs> okay. They got the money. They do. The Yankees have the money. But just because you got the money and you spend it doesn't always mean it ends in the way that you want it to. Nothing's guaranteed. But this is nothing new for what the Yankees have been doing the last twenty years. Well, yeah, we'll see what Bef- you know. They do when, the when they when they had CC and those guys as far as arms, right in the late nineties, mid two thousands, they were paying astronomical amount of money for bats. And then they didn't want to do anything with pitching. And now it's. Come full circle. They got bats. They brought up bats through the through the minor leagues and 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 draft. And now they got to pay out the pay out the yang for for pitching. Okay. Uh, before and these we, guys are young too. Before we go to break, too. baseball announced that um, they jointly are making changes to their drug policy to where they now will accept weed. I mean, you have to. You got you got half the country on, on the West Coast side that is legal. Right. California. Colorado, uh, state of Washington, you know, you, you, you know, you have, uh, I want to say Arizona has, uh, you know, lessened their, uh, policy. So you're looking at all these teams that you have over there. And this will start, uh, for spring training in 2020. So February. And then you also got to realize that that's not their problem. Their problem in all sports is not the marijuana. Their problem is the opioid addiction. Which is what they're going to be testing for. Yeah. Opioids, fentanyl, cocaine, and synthetic THC. Yeah. Things that that can actually mask if you're taking something else. Right. I'm not a a drug expert, but I, I don't think weed mask is... Anything, anything. You know what I mean? I don't. I, I don't know if you, if that's the case. So yeah, as long up. as it's natural cannabis, your uh, THC, CBD, marijuana, then that's no longer going to be a violation under the uh, drug abuse policy. Not bad. Will this now affect 
to other sports? Um, eventually, yes. I think this could be similar to um, in California where you can use your likeness. That's one of the the things that you can mark now. Hey, if you come play on the West Coast in California, yeah. you can use your likeness. <laughs> so that's going to be a recruiting thing. So baseball is like, hey, you know, if weed helps you with whatever you're dealing with, come play baseball. Well, now you ain't got, well, you talk, well. Before NBA or NFL start, and you got guaranteed money. But the only problem, I, I, get, I get what you're going with that. Only problem is, and we just learned that from guest couple, it's still taking a long time for those guys to get to that kind of money. True. So you saying Kyler Murray still would have chose yeah. football over yes. baseball? Yes. Possibly, but it's a long, it's a harder discussion, or it's it's not an easy decision to baseball, make. Baseball, baseball got to change how much they paying these guys at the lower level in order for them to compete. Well, and, well, they're talking about getting rid of minor leagues too. That that's that's so we, once that's done away with, then now or or, or making that because I didn't realize until we had our guests here that there was like twenty some odd teams. Yeah, you know, yeah, they, you, know, you, you they're constricted maybe to like one, yeah, per team, so you don't have a. Single, double, triple, you might have one minor league team. So if that's the case, your road is a lot easier. Like easy, yeah. That's what the major league needs to do as far as competing with, making which is in me head scratching talks with to be done next year. Yeah, that that now if that happens. Now we can start. Now, as a recruiter at any major base, at any major D one school, let's just say Florida, because you know they they. Seem to have had in recent history real good baseball programs. Right. Just surprisingly, SEC in general. SEC Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt. You know what I mean. So now I can go. I can. I can come to somebody's. If you worried about concussions and and things right. of that nature, now I can have a conversation about. Hey, you know what? Instead of you going to play football, but I noticed you you're a good baseball player and you're the quarterback of a team. Let's use James Winston, right. who was quarterback. You know, for Florida, Florida State. State, but also played baseball for Florida State. Now I got some leverage and dangling in front of in front of him on whether or not he goes to baseball, baseball or goes to the NFL. Or you know, in this case, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Now, you know, he was a number nine pick for the A's. He'd have been number nine pick. But they couldn't dangle twenty five million. Well, the only thing you could dangle was guaranteed money. But it wasn't you could quit with twenty five million. It it could have been after his second year. It could have been more than that. Could have been. Yes. Could have, would have, should have. NFL was like, you you going to be a number one pick. I'm telling you right now. I'm in Arizona, right. like, I'm already hired to coach. We going to pick you. To pick you. You, you know what I mean? You going to, so what do you want to do? You want to be number nine and can't hit a curveball and don't get that? Or do you want to come here and be a bust for the first three years but still got your $25 million? Yeah. We'll see. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we got more to discuss. I think we got uh, Mr. Shake, Mr. Tate finally on the phone. This is DNA Sports Talk, 1100 AM. Be right back. You're listening to The Real 1100 AM, Atlanta's sports and entertainment talk radio. It's real, y'all. Are you tired of eating the same thing every week? Then wake up your taste buds 
and go to the best Orleans style food in Atlanta. Copeland's of New Orleans in Atlanta has the best Cajun-style food, specializing in seafood. The Jazz Brunch on Sunday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. is the best of both worlds. If you're a sports fan, they have several TVs and a great bar to watch your favorite team. Just be careful if the Saints are playing. Tell them DNA Sports Talk sent you. That's Copeland's of New Orleans in Atlanta, 3101 Carl Parkway, Atlanta, Georgia, 30309. Enjoy food and life. Hey, I'm Murfinetti. You could say Murfinetti Collection is the newest, comfortable, luxurious, and trendy exclusive fashion line that fits its diverse clientele. From the music industry to the sports world to the judicial system to the political world. <laughs> to the average everyday professional, Murfinetti Collection is the new way of life www.murfinettifashions.mybigcommerce.com Once again, you can shop Murfinetti Collections at murfinettifashions.mybigcommerce.com This is DNA Sports Talk. This is Don, the DNA. Make sure you check us out each and every Monday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time through TuneIn Radio, iRadio Now, and iHeartRadio. And make sure you check out DNASportsTalk.com. If you're more than just a Hawks, Falcons, or Braves fan, get the latest and greatest sports news on MLB, PGA, NASCAR, WNBA, NBA, NCAA, and NFL news and highlights. Jackie Robinson. When you hear that name, you automatically think of strength and courage. You think of someone who broke down barriers. It's time to add another name to those qualities. Cicero Murphy. Haroling from New York, he is the only black American world title winner and Hall of Fame inductee into the Professional Billets Hall of Fame. Did he endure the same treatment as Robinson? What motivated him to get to the top of a Caucasian-dominated sport and stay there? Pick up a copy of the book, Big City Nights, the biography of the legendary Cicero Murphy. It is beautifully written by his grandson, Tyreek Murphy, recounting what made his grandfather a historic man. You can go to Amazon and get a copy of the book for your Kindle or in paperback form. Make sure you go and read about the billiards Jackie Robinson, Big City Nights, the biography of Cicero Murphy. And now back to DNA Sports Talk with Don Stinson and Asa Brown on WWE 1100 AM. Hello, welcome back to DNA Sports Talk. We're bringing the facts about sports. You don't agree. Say so. Once again, call in 4460387. We have Mr. Tate on the line. Hello? Oh wow, man! DNA Sports. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna have to let Mama know that we made it. Uh, uh, made, made it late, made it late, but we made it. So please, uh, ju- ju- judge my, judge my, my, my heart. Charge it to my head, not my heart, man. Please. <laughs> not a problem, man. How you feeling? I'm all right, man. Pretty good. Every day above ground, man. It's an awesome one. We got a lot going on. A lot of basketball, man. I'm really happy to be a part of it all. Happy hey. to be on with you guys. Hey, glad to Thank have you. you. Now, you are Mr. Basketball, so let's start off with college basketball. Um, it's a different team every week. What's going on at the, at the number one spot, at least? 
It is, man. Um, man, it's, it's just crazy looking at, you know, the, the year that it's been so far. It's only going to get crazier. It feels like, you know, and the, the kind of vibe and energy, the feel that it has is almost as if it's March Madness already. Not just because you're seeing the changes and the switch outs at the number one spot, but even more so when you're looking at, you know, some of the top ranked the top ranked teams at that spot losing not just losing some of them losing at home crazy games uh, buzzer beaters already things like that to even unranked teams you saw Kentucky number one at one point lost to Evansville Michigan State number one at one point lost to Virginia Tech uh, uh, Louisville number one at one point lost to Texas Tech Duke at one point lost to Stephen F. Austin so it's crazy the way that all of it has been shaking out I just think that it's going to set it up to be much better moving forward the closer that we get to March, and I'm really excited about it. How long is Kansas going to remain number one? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I will <laughs> say that getting into the Big 12, getting into the conference is, is something that's going to be a, a, a bit tough, obviously, because it is a Power 5 conference. And when you've got that big red target on your back, when you've got that bullseye on you, you know, that, that's just one of those things that, you know, you can kind of say, you know, that you, you got to come to bring it every night. And you're Kansas. You're one of the top five most historic programs. And prior to last year, they won 14 consecutive conference championships. So, you know, I, I know that they're ready to kind of get some get back and some revenge uh, from from not continuing that to making it 15 consecutive years. But I, I would imagine it won't be long before we see Kansas end up losing as I take, a, as I, as I take another look at the schedule real soon <laughs> at some point. Uh, but after that, I would imagine that Gonzaga is going to find a way to creep up into the number one spot because they play in the West Coast Conference where only either St. Mary's or BYU can really challenge them. They're probably going to be the ones to hold on to that spot for a while. But we know what type of team they are when March rolls around, so they probably won't hold on to that much longer after they hold on to it for a while, if that makes sense. Man, no confidence. Wow. <laughs> Shots fired already. So who do you like? Uh, who, who would you pick as your final four? Uh, you know what? I, I'll be honest with you. Around this time of the year, I typically don't do that, and I'll tell you why. Not just because I don't do it, but more so because it's all about the matchups. I've got to see that bracket released on Selection Sunday. I do think that this Ohio State team is a is a potential Final Four team more than some of the others that you see out there. Louisville is certainly in that conversation. I have more confidence in those two teams than I do in the Kansas and the Dukes and the Kentuckys. One of the biggest reasons is because they have so many one-and-dones. If you go back and you look at previous years, recent years anyways, a lot of those teams haven't been, you know, they haven't had the, the, the one-and-dones to win those national championships. Virginia doesn't have one. When is the last? I know Villanova won two of the last you know, four years or whatever, what have you. You know, when is the last time we've seen a one and done from their program? Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, some of the previous years of Ohio State that did make it to the Final Four, these teams look very much like those, the 2012 team, the 2017 minus Greg Oden and everything like that. Uh, but you really can't count anybody out at this point. I mean, just realistically speaking, because as much as we like to count out uh, a team like Duke because they lost to Stephen F. Austin, they don't have the offensive power, firepower that they used to. They're kind of gone back to the old Duke where they kind of rely on their defensive ability and stuff like that, getting down on uh, uh, becoming defensive anchors and slapping the floor. But they scored a struggle. They got the one-and-done thing. But one thing you can't do is you can't count out Coach K. Right. Um, looking at SEC, um, Auburn's still undefeated, ranked 12th. Do they have a chance of getting back to at least like a Sweet 16 this year? 
I think so. I think so. You know, everybody's going to talk about all the other players on their team, but they've got one. And we were talking about one and done, and I think they got one on their team that can not only play but can also defend both sides of the ball uh, at, at, at the one through five position. And that's a guy out of out of right here in the state of Georgia, and Isaac Okoro. I really like what he brings to the table because he brings some toughness. He's thick. He can get out there and rebound. He's not a terrible offensive player, but his offense is going to be overshadowed, I guess, uh, by his defensive ability. Bruce Pearl is a really good coach. Can they get to that point where they're playing into the second weekend? Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're one of the, what, four remaining unbeaten teams uh, in college basketball right now, but it wouldn't surprise me if they end up being a team that would win the the regular season uh, conference championship uh, the, or and or the conference tournament championship and then not make it that far or make it just that far. Uh, I don't think that they're a Final Four team, but like I said, we've we've seen crazier things happen. <laughs> when the bracket was released uh, last year, I, I completely wrote off Auburn. They were playing up against a really not just talented but an experienced. Uh, New Mexico State team, and I wrote them off in the first round. They made a run all the way to the Final Four. I don't see that happening again, uh, but it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility. Wow. So what's so you won't you won't have you pick Final Four teams, but Don just got into it. So what's the strongest conferences that you see out there? Is it the SEC? Is it the ACC? Is it a mid major? What what conferences out there? Kind of like you know what they're going to put four or five teams into the into the big thing. I think it's the Big Ten, and they're going to get more than four or five. I think we might be talking closer to about eight or nine. Excuse me. Um, I know Michigan State hasn't really been a show of themselves. They came out ranked in the preseason number one, uh, but they don't play their best basketball in November. They play it, you know, more so towards the end of the season. The crazy thing to think about, and I'm still trying to figure out exactly who they are as a team, is the University of Michigan, where they start the season out unranked, got a brand-new coach. They beat two top-ten teams. They get jumped into the top four, top five of the rankings, turn around and lose to two top-ten teams and an unranked team in Illinois, and now they're at, like, 14th or 15th, 14th, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, they're another one of those teams. Penn State is ranked for the first time since 1996. There goes another team. Maryland is right there, still right within the top 10, somewhere right up in that range. We already talked about where Ohio State lies right now. Iowa has a really good team. I mean, there's a lot of really, really good quality teams in the Big Ten. Big Ten basketball this year is kind of going to have that same feel as SEC football, where you can't take a night off uh, and everybody around the conference kind of beats up on each other. I'm always the one that says that's an excuse. But uh, now we're looking at it in, in, in terms of basketball. Whoever finds a way to, you know, survive and come out alive at the end of the season and, and crown themselves the champs for the Big Ten or Big Ten Conference tournament champions or, or whatever the case may be are certainly going to deserve it. So, in other words, don't be surprised if Big Ten has a couple of teams in there with 18 and 12 records or 19 and 19 11. And still no doubt. And they still get in. Okay. Now, nah, you're not no saying doubt. this because you're a Michigan State homer, are you? Hey, say it again. I say you're not saying that because you're a Michigan State homer, are you? I say it again. <laughs> you're in Michigan State. <laughs> See how you do? No, I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I don't. I try not to play the homer card, man. You can't be in this business and, and be biased. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't believe in such things. But all, all I like to do is just preach the facts, and and the fact and the facts are uh, that you know Tom Izzo led teams are typically the ones that. 
that 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 uh, that don't play so well early in the season, but they're always one that mm-hmm. you know playing up against them in the NCAA tournament. You don't want to be in their bracket because they're just somebody that you know find a way to play. They play tough. They crash the glass. They do all the little things. It's almost like football on the basketball court for them. Um, but you know that they're right where they belong, right about now. And they got we were talking about the bullseye on backs. Like Kansas and teams like that, when Michigan State got the bullseye on their back and they got high expectations, or people have high expectations for them, they don't necessarily do as well. Now they're put in a position where they're humbled a little bit. They lost to Duke at home. They lost to unranked to Virginia Tech, and so they're kind of floating right up there in the middle, and that's typically where they succeed. Looking at the Pac-12 over the last few years, they've had a decline. They used to put in, you know, six or seven. Now we're only seeing two. Three at the most. What's going on in the Pac-12? Yeah, it's crazy. I think that the the Pac-12 is going to um, have a significant incline this year. At least I think so. I mean, that's kind of a hard sell. But, you know, Washington has a really good team this year. They've got some one-and-dones on their team as well. But they, they certainly come out doing really well. Their head coach, and Mike Hopkins, is you know, got that zone thing down uh, after being an assistant so many years uh, to, to Jim Beheim. Uh, and, and so, you know, they, they play really well, obviously, and I think they're going to contend right there with Oregon to be the top dogs in the Pac-12. But certainly, I mean, we might even see an Oregon State team with a really, really good player who I do like. I don't know what, what his future looks like on the next level, but his name is Tress Tinkle, and, uh, and, and he's pretty good. I mean, UCLA isn't what they used to be. I know USC is, you know, facing some infractions and things like that but uh certainly the pac-12 arizona state can be really sneaky bobby hurley you know they came away with a big time win over georgia the other night and i know that that's not necessarily a win that's that's worth sneezing at uh but they all kind of count in a roundabout way uh when you start talking about getting into the ncaa tournament so i do expect them to have more than the one or two that they had last year but typically they'll find a way to put one of those pac-12 teams into what they call the first four uh to actually get into the field of uh into the field and and so uh we'll see my expectations aren't too high for them but those first two teams i mentioned between washington and oregon they're going to be two that are really tough because they're not they don't just play like west coast basketball west coast basketball especially in the pac-12 reminds me so much of how it is in football they rely so much on their offense they don't play a ton of defense uh and and they just want to really go about outscoring you well those two teams are teams that play defense that can if not equally match their offense slightly slightly not as good as their offense uh but that's still just enough to be able to make some noise especially when tournament time rolls around gotcha now you mentioned georgia they got um anthony edwards big time player who else do you like as far as players in the uh, college football, I mean, college basketball right now? I mean, there's a few. I mean, I, I like Miles Powell, who's not a one-and-done like Anthony Edwards. He plays at Seton Hall. He's probably the leading candidate or right up in that conversation for uh, National Player of the Year. And I know that Cole Anthony from uh, North Carolina, son of Greg Anthony at UNLV, you know, he's He's out right now, I think, for a few weeks, and they're they're taking they're, they're stumbling a little bit, but I do like him certainly as a player, probably a top three. If the New York Knicks is doing what they're supposed to be doing, they'll probably take him at point guard. He's a New Yorker anyway, so he's a little bit more familiar and 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 can play that position uh, and, and and ready for kind of like that limelight. 
that comes along with the market of New York City. And that way you can kind of put R.J. Barrett back at his position, uh, original position as something like a combo guard. But outside of those guys, I mean, I'm really impressed with what Memphis has been able to do without James Wiseman. Uh, only losing one game, and that was to a very good Oregon team. James Wiseman is going to be right there in the conversation and arguably or arguably the number one player to be selected in the draft. But this is all an entire draft full of nothing but uh, potential guys. I don't think there's any, you know, sure, uh, you know, any any locks, if you will, that will be, you know, make immediate impact on the next level. Uh, but those are just a few of the guys. And all those guys are at the, you know, at, at the top of the list. This isn't nearly as much of a fascinating NBA draft that we've seen in most recent years. But uh, I certainly think that there, there's certainly some 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 hidden gems that you could probably find in the second round that can contribute pretty well to an NBA team on the next level around this time next year. So it'll be NBA coaches looking at what they need at each position more so than just getting the best player available. Say that one more time. So NBA coaches will be looking at this draft as what do I need at my position instead of just taking the best player available at the um, the next pick. That should be the case, but I like to think that every year is probably going to be a combination of both. I mean, uh, NBA GMs are not necessarily the smartest people when it comes to taking picks. I know that you can't probably tell that uh, – uh, to the folks in Dallas right now, probably. But, you know, in, in the same token, you know, I think that Atlanta is another one of those places that do a pretty good job at, 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 uh, at least of, of recent years anyways, uh, the last few years of, you know, taking guys that are, are a combination of both that are good fit uh, and are best available. I wasn't a big John Collins guy, but the reality is that he was the best thing out there. And I didn't expect him to be exactly what, you know, he is, uh, on the NBA level right now. Uh, I, I didn't expect that. I saw the Trey Young thing, but I didn't see the John Collins. So I think ultimately, long story longer, I guess, uh, it will be a combination of both where you do have to take somebody that is best player available, but also make sure that they fit your system because I think if you don't do that, uh, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice and that won't really keep you employed very long. Okay. Looking at the Hawks last night, uh, tough game against the Lakers. Almost pulled it out. Your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I'm not. I mean, <laughs> I almost told you something totally different there for a second. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to go ahead and say it because I'm going to be real about it. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't like the idea of um, I don't like the idea of Cam Reddish taking that last shot. Uh, I, I don't think that you put somebody in the position like him who has uh, who's probably the least confident player on the roster or, or for sure on the floor to take that shot, especially against those guys. Um, and then Trey Young just pulling up with 27 seconds left on the clock uh, for a running three-pointer as if he was like Mark Price. And I love Trey Young. I'm a huge advocate, huge fan of Trey. Um, but I thought that that was a bit much, and it kind of was a little eye-opening and made me raise my eyebrows a little bit when I uh, had an opportunity to interview him about that shot in the post-game, uh, in the post-game uh, locker room. And he said, hey, that's a shot I've been making all my life. Now, if I had the opportunity, I'd do it again. Um, but, you know, ultimately, you know, when, when listening to Lloyd Pierce when he came in as the coach here in Atlanta and – what he's been saying and re-implementing and, and preaching over and over is that this is a team that's going to compete. Um, we didn't see that against the Lakers the first time. We didn't see that against 
you know, Houston. And there's going to be some instances and some situations where you have those, especially when you're the Hawks and they're the Lakers. And they're going to do what they were supposed to do, uh, as Houston did. But Atlanta is a team that, if not nothing else, they will compete. And you have to definitely tip your cap and show them, you know, the respect that they deserve. Some of the frustrations is showing up, you know, with with uh, with with Trey Young, and and that concerns me a little bit. And it's unfortunate that that's a guy that hasn't scored thirty or forty points in a game just to give them a chance at sniffing a win. Uh, but I'm afraid that he's being running to the ground a little bit. So I think that it'll be really interesting to see what happens when John Collins get back and. Um, of course, I'm talking about John Collins' return after he gets acclimated to the game speed because I don't expect that he would just come right in and be the same player that he was before his suspension. Right. That's what I I want to see is how – I think he's scheduled – he could be back for uh, Thursday's Utah game, if I'm correct. But I want to see him before All-Star break, a couple weeks before All-Star break in January when he's back into game shape – and I know some people saying, well, yeah, I like John Collins is, you know, Michael Jordan come back. No, but to that point, when Trey Young has to do pretty much everything, it's good to have somebody else that can score at least 17 a night to take some pressure off of you. Yeah, no doubt, for sure. I mean, and, and that's part of, you know, Trey's frustrations. I think that it's pretty clear that he's been pretty open, yet honest and vocal about some of his frustrations, which is something that you can kind of embrace depending on the type of person and or a fan that you are, uh, because he's just being honest. He's keeping it really being vocal, and I think that any of us would be frustrated if we were in his position. Uh, and, and, and for a guy who wants to do nothing but win, and winning is the most important thing to him, uh, I think is obviously really important and he wants to help and he needs the help. And, and we're just being honest about this whole thing. I mean, uh, any of us would be frustrated. It, it's probably not helping. And I'm not saying he's thinking about this by any stretch of the imagination because I haven't asked him and I don't think that it's a question that should be asked, but I'm sure that it's not helping when you see the guy that you got traded for uh, in the conversations for MVP and notifications popping up on your phone with Luca saying, I wish people would stop comparing me to Michael Jordan. So I'm sure that that probably doesn't help the circumstances. Oh, you, 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 and you're absolutely rec- right. He may not yeah, say it, but he's thinking it. <laughs> he sees it. But you think, exactly. And that, that would probably, like I said, that's a human thing. That's yeah. not a Trey Young thing. That's something that goes through all of our minds because nobody can fool me into believing that these are things that these players are not seeing. These guys are following. You know, Trey Young is not one of those players that's in the NBA and he's just really happy with the fact that he's getting millions of dollars. That's not who he is. I've been following this guy for a really, really long time, back in high school when he was averaging 42. So with all of that being said, I like the competitive nature and the edge that he comes with. And sometimes he plays a little bit of the hero ball. And, you know, but, but I mean, in a roundabout way, who can really blame him when you have, you know, when you have the setup that you have right now? I'm going to be honest with you. This is an Atlanta Hawks team, and I, I know I get a little long-winded, so you got to excuse me. But I, I think that this is an Atlanta Hawks team that – we have not seen the best of because of more than just not having um, John Collins because of suspension. We've seen Cam Reddish go down with a wrist injury. We've seen uh, DeAndre Hunter go out with a finger dislocation. We've seen exactly um, Herder go down with a with a shoulder injury. You know all of these things. So we haven't had, and God forbid. We didn't expect this out of Jabari Parker, if we're just being real. 
I mean, he's on the Atlanta Hawks roster for a reason because he was often injured everywhere else that he was at prior. So mm-hmm. anything you're getting out of him is a bonus in addition to what you're getting out of DeAndre Bembry is a bonus, especially on the offensive end. So I think we have to have the opportunity to see this team all healthy at once, something that we haven't seen in the third of the season that has been played already, if that makes sense. And the last thing I'm going to say is, is, is Trey Young is the the unfortunate part is that I'm thinking if we had the opportunity to see Trey Young take more possessions off of being on the ball all the time and 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 in a position to where he can have some plays made for him, I think that that's something that could complement this team. But he's the only if you go and look at this roster, if you go look at the depth chart, he's the only pure point guard that there is prototypical natural point guard that there is on the roster so he doesn't necessarily have that opportunity and I think that that in itself is part of the frustration it's a little bit unfortunate but I'm excited to see what's going to happen when everybody is healthy when everybody's on one accord uh, and and hopefully they keep my fingers crossed toes crossed eyes crossed everything crossed so that hopefully this team can get some things rolling I gotta ask you who would you have taken Trey Young or Luca? I would have taken Trey Young and I'm going to tell you why. For and Atlanta or important. just in general? Say it again. For Atlanta Hawks or just in general? I would have taken them in general. Okay. And I'm going to tell you and I'm going to tell you why. If if it was to happen all over again, if the draft was again today, I would take Trey Young. Now let me be very careful about what why I'm saying this. Without knowing what Luka Doncic is and going to be, I would have still taken Trey Young because I, I, I'll i be the one that's honest to say I don't trust that international process. I didn't trust what, I know he was going up against grown men every day, but so was Darko Milicic and every other international player that was expected to be something that didn't pan out to be that. But I saw Trey Young and I knew what Trey Young was going to be. I've covered him for so long. The things that you see Trey Young doing on the NBA level right now, that's not new. That's something that he's been doing ever since I laid my eyes on him for the very first time. So it wasn't a surprise for me. Luka Doncic is a pro. People will go and say, yeah, well, it's unfair because Luka Doncic has been a pro and playing against a pro since he's 16 and this and that. Well, so has all the other international players. It just so happens to be that all the international players that everyone thought was going to be something that wasn't, is all pretty much packaged up into one guy, and that guy happened to be the one that was traded for Trey Young. So I, by 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 a admittingly biased opinion, would have still <laughs> taken Trey Young because of the simple fact that I'm not a bit, I'm not willing to risk, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm not willing to risk my potential franchise growth on a player that's coming from international process. And that's another reason why I'm just really not a big believer in LaMelo ball either. That's what I was going to ask you about that before we get a, let you go. I'm already two steps ahead of you, baby. <laughs> we, we here. And, and, and I, 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 got, I, got, I got a little bit of pushback on you on everything you just said. Um, okay. In reference to Trey and Luca. And I mm-hmm. will, and I would say right now, because of the state of the NBA and how the game is played, and I believe for the first time in a long time, the NBA is more of a European league than it is of an NBA league. This is the reason mm-hmm. why I would have went ahead and took Luka Doncic over Trey Young. Not to couple when I started looking at Trey Young's last six months at at a high level NCAA, and then looking at Luka his last six months at a high level 
pro- a championship as opposed to being uh, yeah, thrown into the yeah, tournament correct. by name only. So, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying as far as you've seen them over a long period of time. And I understand uh, the reference to you know not trusting the, Euro- the European uh, league or ball. But I think over the last two or three years, the NBA and the rule changes and, and, and the skill set level, I am, I, I'll lean more toward a European league guy than I would to something coming anybody coming out of the NCAA. So you look at look at the league right now. You got you know unfortunately with the Mavericks you got Lucas hurt now, He's hurt but, now. but you had the the unicorn. You seen his upside, his upside. You go to Denver. You got Joker, uh, uh, the Joker, um, joke. You know so you start looking around the league. I can name three or four guys, and they're 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 they're. They're the stars of their team, and they're from Europe. They're from overseas. Right. They're, they're not from, you know, born and raised right here. Your so. response to that, sir? Well, that's not that. And I hear you on what you're saying, but that wasn't enough for me. And the reason why is because I see what these centers are doing. Centers are always going to be in that position to where they're going to be taken high and they're going to have high expectations to do well and and and. Uh, from that standpoint, you know, Luca was Luca is not that. Luca was not that. Let me ask you something. If Luca ended up not being the player that he is, if he ended up being anything remotely close to a bust right now, would that surprise you? Probably not, because we've seen so many of them come through our uh, through, through, through the system, and they've been completely forgotten about. And I want to make sure that I say this because this is another very important key or ingredient, if you will, uh, to an extent. And I, and I don't want to be the guy taking up the whole show because I'm very interested in some of the things that you guys have to say. And that was a very, very good point taken. Uh, this is a team that is very similar when talking about the Dallas Mavericks to the Atlanta Hawks when you're comparing these two guys because of the simple fact that you know um, the Dallas Mavericks has a championship caliber coach he has that experience the Atlanta Hawks do not have that now when you're comparing the talent on one team versus the other team the talent is also very similar where you have the unicorn is also where you have John Collins and I know that John Collins hasn't accomplished as much as the unicorn and I don't think he's been in the league as long as the unicorn or whatever the case may be either but with that being said the talent is different in regards to Atlanta's talent is younger Dallas's talent is older so they have veteran talent which is a little bit different now when you compare just one player to the other player yes it's clear that Luka Doncic looks like the guy because he is the guy a bona fide player he looks like he's going to be the best player in the NBA within the next couple of years however what I what I will say is Luka Doncic isn't guarding the most difficult position that there is to guard in the game of basketball and expected to drop 30 or 40 points just to give the team an opportunity to win. This comparison of players reminds me much of, and you guys got to help me because I'm not the greatest football dude, but Deshaun Watson, who was taken in the draft at the same time as, uh, what is it, Patrick Mahomes, correct? Right. Now, be, now, now, if they could do it all over again, I'm pretty sure that... The, that the Texans probably would have taken Mahomes seeing what he is at this point. Right. But that doesn't mean that he's a bad play. That doesn't mean that they would cash it in. I still think that it's much closer than people think. I know that Doncic has pretty much just about run away with this whole thing, and I completely get it and I understand it. But once Trey Young gets 
an opportunity to develop. All of these guys are going to develop differently. Who's to say that Luka Doncic is just isn't the player that uh, peaked early? And I'm not okay. saying that he's not going to be a good player longevity-wise, but I think that there's still some time to see. And it's a very good comparison. I really believe it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean gotcha. to cut you off. <laughs> you good. Hey, we got to take a break. But uh, let everybody know how they can reach you on social media. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Appreciate you guys for having me at Taste Take Hoops on the Twitter as well on the IG or the Gram or whatever the cool kids is calling it. <laughs> at Taste Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E. H O O P S. Appreciate you guys for having me. Hey, man. Thanks a lot. You got to call back in next week so we can finish this up. No doubt. Let's do it. All right. Appreciate it, bro. Thank you, sir. You are tuned into WWE Hakeville. AM 1100. The opinions expressed during the sponsored programs on this station are strictly those of the program hosts, guests, and callers and are not necessarily those of Beasley Broadcast Group, this station, its staff, other advertisers, or agencies. Hey, did you know The Real 1100 AM is now on Facebook? Man, that's right. You can catch all your favorite shows on The Real 1100 WWE Facebook page. It's real, y'all. Jackie Robinson. When you hear that name, you automatically think of strength and courage. You think of someone who broke down barriers. It's time to add another name to those qualities. Cicero Murphy. Haroling from New York, he is the only black American world title winner and Hall of Fame inductee into the Professional Billets Hall of Fame. Did he endure the same treatment as Robinson? What motivated him to get to the top of a Caucasian-dominated sport and stay there? Pick up a copy of the book, Big City Nights, the biography of the legendary Cicero Murphy. It is beautifully written by his grandson, Tyreek Murphy, recounting what made his grandfather a historic man. You can go to Amazon and get a copy of the book for your Kindle or in paperback form. Make sure you go and read about the billiards Jackie Robinson, Big City Nights, the biography of Cicero Murphy. Hey, I'm Murfinetti. You can say Murfinetti Collection is the newest, comfortable, luxurious, and trendy exclusive fashion line that fits its diverse clientele. From the music industry, to the sports world, to the judicial system, to the political world, <laughs> to the average everyday professional, Murfinetti Collection is the new way of life. www.murfinettifashions.mybigcommerce.com Once again, you can shop Murfinetti Collections at MurfinettiFashions.MyBigCommerce.com Are you tired of eating the same thing every week? Then wake up your taste buds and go to the best Nolan-style food in Atlanta. Copeland's of New Orleans in Atlanta has the best Cajun-style food, specializing in seafood. The Jazz Brunch on Sunday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. is the best of both worlds. If you're a sports fan, they have several TVs and a great bar to watch your favorite team. Just be careful if the Saints are playing. Tell them DNA Sports Talk sent you. That's Copeland's of New Orleans in Atlanta, 3101 Carl Parkway, Atlanta, Georgia, 30309. Enjoy food and life. This is DNA Sports Talk. This is Ace of the A and DNA. 
Check us out each and every Monday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WWE AM 1100 or DNASportsTalk.com. If you're more than a Falcons, Hawks, and Braves fan, check out the latest and greatest in sports and news on MLB, PGA, NASCAR, WNBA, NBA, NFL, and NCAA News. And now back to DNA Sports Talk with Don Stinson and Asa Brown on WWWE 1100 AM. Hello, welcome back to DNA Sports Talk. This is Don the D and DNA. What's going on? This is Ace of the A and DNA. We're bringing facts about sports. You don't agree? Say so. 404-603-8770 is how you do so. Once again, 404-603-8770. Also live on Periscope. Well, it's Instagram right now. You're on Instagram. I don't know what's going on with Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> I think, you know, what, two months ago when Periscope was acting up, I think those guys then went over to Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> so we with the gram and with Periscope, so... Hey, it, it happens sometimes. Yeah, uh, appreciate uh, Sean Tate coming in, calling in rather, uh, talking about basketball. In particular, we were talking about, um, it started with the discussion as we have asked several of our people who've been here before, who do you, who would you have taken, uh, Luca or Trey? And, you know, for some, he's it the only depends. One, he's the only one that's saying Trey, regardless of the circumstances. Regardless of the circumstances. I'm going, going I've to always be. said for Atlanta, it was Trey Young. It wasn't a question. Now, overall, just in general, I I want a, a bigger body at guard, and that's yeah. all. Yeah. And I understand his point of saying that you know European players, a lot of them have been uh, some of bust coming they over. They haven't been superstars. They haven't right. You know, there's there's far and few in between. But you know what I was saying, you know, saying to him. The league has shifted more toward, with the rule changes and everything, the league has shifted more toward uh, a world, you know, European ball, basically. Um, Thanks to David Stern. I hope he uh, gets better uh, from, you know, him being in the hospital and everything. But he he took basketball from the peach basket, the, the backwoods of Indiana, to the global market, NBA, correct. And once he did that... Then he wanted to make it to where people gravitated to come play yeah. in the NBA, not just watch it from anywhere in the world. But you wanted the NBA was the the standard to come and, and play and, at and, and be at. And it still is. It, it, it still is. I just feel a few things are hap- has, is happening with the NBA and with just say college basketball over here in the states. With this one and done, with these with these kids, um, more so you know AAU ball. By the time, when they get to the league, it takes them time to develop because they're one and done. They don't, they, they, they haven't honed their skills. So now you got to make sure you got a head coach in the NBA that can actually develop and hone their skills to whatever Well, like he said, um, Rick Carlisle, more advanced coach than Pierce. Yeah. Pierce is only his second year yeah. as, a, as a head coach. But so, I think, but, totally but, different. But I, I think now you, you almost... You, you almost have to look for coaches like Pierce that can say, you know, you got to give them that process. The player uh, development the process. Play, the player development process while they're pros. So depending on your organization and where you're at, you may wind up taking a page from, say, the San Antonio Spurs that for 10, 15 years, their roster was primarily international players. 
And yeah. they won chips with that. You know, Parker, Ginobili, Duncan. France, you know. St. Croix, <laughs> Argentina. Yeah, and then their role players were primarily uh, yeah. uh, um, foreign, uh, players. foreign players. Now that they're on the downside, you see what they're having to do like everybody else is. They're having to, you know, take one-year or two-year guys that are left early and try to mesh them with veterans. But they and, still took a Kawhi out of uh San Diego State, they, though. But he meshed them with they, but that core, the, the core, core, and that was that's the knock on that. That was the knock on Kawhi until he won this last championship. He wasn't. He was doing, a part he of a yeah, other great players doing, around him. He wasn't doing the Even heavy lifting. Even though he lifting. was the MVP of the he finals, he wasn't doing the heavy lifting. He now all that's been shut down because he did the heavy lifting in Toronto last Correct. year. So, um, but. I think the league has just is, has is changing, has changed as far as players and what kind of ball and what kind of ball. I you think see. we'll really see a difference if Lamelo goes number one. Yeah, that that'll set the tone now and you, and you know, for other players you, to say, you know what, I'm not going to spend one year, i.e., Ben Simmons at mm-hmm. LSU. Why yeah. go for six months when I know my ultimate goal yeah. is? to be in the NBA, you know so what, I'm going to go overseas, you know what's play against that? better competition, and see what happens. You know what's helped that? Luka out here dropping 40, 49 and 9. That's You know what I mean? So that, that you know, everything is a flash pan, right? Now, I know I know our last guest would call in and be like, he wouldn't take Melo. And I, I will raise my eye as well as far as taking you know, well, his dad is I, not going to get involved. See, that's what y'all worried no, no, about. No, I'm not worried, I'm not, no, I'm not worried about LeVar Ball. <laughs> I, I literally just, I don't like the frame of LaMelo. You know what I mean? I, I don't, but would I But his size, though, I mean, as far as height is concerned. Yeah, but but now, looking at what Luca was doing, playing professional ball in Europe. The only, the, see, the difference with Luca is he won a championship. I get you, I get you. And... He was the point guard on the championship team. So he wasn't the center coming off the bench. You know, he wasn't a product, i.e., if you want to go back to Kawhi being a product of having three other Hall of Famers around you. Luka was that dude on the team, and he had to be an extension of the coach, run the offense, and you led your team to a championship. So that part is different as opposed to just uh, a form player coming over who was a sixth person or something like that, or somebody who was just averaging, you know, eight and three every game and was part of a championship team. I, but I also will say this for for for, for Melo, if he, you know, he comes into the draft, he also has he's gonna wind up somewhere that's gonna also need to sell tickets. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, I, I'm gonna get a, a, a good player and who, I, and, who and had I'm, to be better than his brothers, and I'm gonna get somebody who is gonna bring. Put seat, put put uh, put eyes and, and viewers on my team. So he 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 gonna get he gonna get the Luka Doncic uh, uh, um, credit from you know playing in Euroball and, and being good. But he's also gonna get the Trey Young type of uh, sentiment as well because I need to sell tickets and I need to. And now that Lavar Ball type circus won't be bad. But he's got to be able to play though. Oh uh, yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and we'll learn. We'll <laughs> learn real quick. We'll learn real quick. Otherwise, yeah. after the first couple of months, you're yeah. not producing. Yeah, yeah. It's a risk. It's a risk take. But listen, if you wind up like uh, the Knicks are going to be probably 15 games and whatever, 
listen, the way the Hawks are going, they're looking at they might be at 20 games. Now, the one thing with the Hawks that I don't want to happen is I don't want Collins to come back, Herder to come back healthy, and they struggle, and then they put the blame on Coach Pierce at that point. Well, know, see, because I want it to be fair because the Travis Slink, the GM for the Hawks now, was with Golden State, and one of the things that they did, of course, was let Mark Jackson go, and then after that, they went on to to do well in the playoffs yeah. and ultimately win three out of five yeah, championships. I don't right. I don't want that to take place with Coach Pierce here. I don't want it to be where he develops them, starts to play, they let them go because of bad record. It doesn't seem like they're developing. Then all of a sudden, somebody else comes in here. And now the Hawks are a four seed. Well, I, you know, well, well I, I will say this. Hopefully, give it time for that process to to play out I, and I, see what happens. I, I, I will say this for Pierce, Coach Pierce. This year is a disappointment for me, is because the experts and everybody and everything that I read and was looking at, they had the Hawks probably a playoff contention. Possibly. That's out the window. You, yeah. You, and now that's not all his fault. Nobody. Had the had the in the cards that Collins will miss twenty five games out the box. Right. Nobody had in the cards that we just said Trey Young was out two weeks. You know, hurt he was missed, he hurt is hurt and hurt his same shoulder seems yeah. like. So you know, you have a lot of guys in in a span of you know thirty days have been out, and then you you know put that on there with with Collins being gone for a quarter of the season basically. Um, no one had that, so I think this year he's safe. Next year, I can't imagine them having the same expectations again, especially if they happen to play well down the stretch of the season, to have, you know, if not competing for a playoff spot, to have some playoff aspirations. And if he doesn't start hitting those goals, it is what it is. I I guess I'm being a homer at this point. I like Coach Pierce because he's straightforward. He answers your questions, you know. I get it. It's not the Coach Bud that we had. No disrespect to Coach Bud. Coach Bud, you know. Coach Bud about to be in the NBA Finals. (laughs) But he was so dry as far as he was a Bill Belichick. You know, you get what you – you could – it was no need to even ask him questions because he was going to say the same thing every single time. But I like Coach Bud, though. Yeah, he got a 60 wins, no one seat. (laughs) So (laughs) He did. He did. But no personality when it comes to anything you. else. Like so what you want? You want sixty wins and, and no one see, <laughs> or you want personality and can nine, I have both? And, and can I have ten. both? Can and I listen, have both? And, and, RP the radio. And Sorry. Listen, <laughs> no, no. And, and, and like I said, I don't have any problem with Coach Pierce. I honestly, I don't. And I and, and starting off this year, no one can say can see can see what has happened to them yeah, yeah, this yeah. year. So this year he gets the pass. Next next year we need to see. I, you know, he can't come out the box out this slow next season. So well, need, they started the first two. What they two? It was three and zero. Right. It was three and zero. And then Collins is gone. Collins, so Collins, I would say Collins is gone. Then injuries start hitting him. You know what I mean? Then the, the game, the two games I wanted to go see, I had bought him. <laughs> Trey Young sprained his ankle in Milwaukee. You know what I mean? So you know, but it showed that showed they immediately at at draft time they need to do something. at trade time they need to get a, a true. Point guard backup. Well, yeah, that, yeah, they gotta have somebody to back up um, Trey Young. Because to 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 to, um, to to take a point, you're gonna run him into the ground, and you're gonna frustrate him on top of him. Man, so, Evan you Turner, know. man, what's going on with you, man? Uh, that's the like that's the Ohio State boy. <laughs> he was supposed to be that backup guy that yeah. seemed like it was gonna be the guy that can 
provide solid minutes, especially down the stretch. But man, I guess right now I, the, the two people I'm, I'm the two people I'm happy for. I'm happy to see Vince Carter still playing at a high level. Yep. At 42. Congratulations then, on 15. And I'm 000. happy for Jabari Parker. Oh, he went to Duke, man. Bump that joker, man. <laughs> see that. <laughs> Hey, Jabari, so, you know, I don't really yeah. mean that. I just Ooh, mean it. He, he see you in the locker room. He ain't answering answer our questions now. We ain't get no questions answered no more. Not whatsoever. I'm, I'm happy for Jabari Parker. I got all the injuries. I'm going to have to say this three times now. All the injuries to see you out there and performing at, at a high level. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see that. So. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, I gotta go in a. In a <laughs> you didn't get no questions asked next week. We gotta call on the phone. Hello. What's up, fellas? What's up, E? Hey, man, I wanted to call in and get in on this uh, Atlanta Hawks talk, man. Come on, Hawks. Uh, first of all, man, it's funny that the conversation is about Luca and Trey now. When, if you remember when the draft happened, folks was really talking about Jaron Jackson and Marvin Bagley. Like Trey Young was like the dark horse. <laughs> right. Oh, I wasn't happy with getting Trey Young, so I just put that down. <laughs> but, uh, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it's just, it's funny because like, and I'll be the first to admit it, man. Like, I wasn't really on the Trey Young bandwagon. Like, I was, I wanted a big, and I was like, yo, man. Like, we have zero defense, and, like, y'all out here wanting a point guard? <laughs> you know, I mean, the Trey Young thing has worked out good. I mean, I mean, I think he's far expected. He's he's exceeded my expectations this early on, but, I mean, I'll be the first to admit it, man. I had no clue of what, you know, young Chico the Barge was going to do, man, but he's been a bright spot in Atlanta. <laughs> you know what? That's the new thing. We're going to hold on to that one. Can we, can we have that one? Can we, can we steal it? <laughs> like stealing means. We're going to have to steal that one right there. Little Chico. Yeah, little Chico. Um, what do you see the Hawks um, doing once um, Collins comes back? I don't know, man. I, I, I've said that I don't believe even with this Hawks team healthy that they weren't a playoff team. I always said that they were one year away. Um, you you see the difference that just one player makes with Kevin Herter. You know, when, when Herter's healthy, uh, I mean, he, he's, he's the only one that is able to stabilize the second unit when he's out there. When he's not, second unit is trash. Evan Turner, I mean, like all those guys with the platoon point guards, it's trash, man. So, um, even with the healthy Kevin Herter and a healthy John Collins, it's going to take a while for them to get back to their synergy. But even with those guys healthy, I still think you're about a 500 ball club. Which, which I had, didn't even have them 500. They had 29 wins last year. I gave them six more this year. Which the has, I said 35, which is a potential. Which, which, which has you talking a, about playoffs. Has you talking about it, but that's it. You know what I mean? So now we, you know, playoffs. Now over, yeah. Yeah, that's not going to happen. So, um, I agree. Like I said, I, I agree with you as far as Trey Young. I, you know, I've been able to go to a couple of games, a few games this this season, and, and I've seen them with Trey and without Trey. And so I agree with all of y'all. The star power is there. He he, he brought you know fans yeah. fans back to the arena and things of that nature. Um, but I, I I was happy with the draft this past you know this past year with them getting uh, Cam and. And then you you know you had Trey from the year before, and then you got Hunters, uh, big Hunters from Virginia. So I, I, I'm hoping I'll be like you. Hopefully they can do well again in the draft this coming season, and then we have a uh, a formidable 
young playoff team here in Atlanta. And then I'm with you, Don, as far as, you know, let's give Pierce, you know, let's give him the time to to, to see whether or not he can handle right. success, you know, instead of cut, uh, cutting the plug too soon on him. Yeah, well, it's, it's unfortunate because a lot of, I mean, well, a lot of folks on Hawks Twitter, man, they 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 really <laughs> they really feel some type of way about Lloyd Pierce sometimes, and it, and it's funny because, I mean, I cover the Hawks, but I'm not necessarily like a true and true Hawks fan, and so when you try to go to battle with somebody who's a fan versus kind of the objectivity of, look, man, this guy's never even had a full roster, and you guys are talking about. I mean, I mean, the reaction was just crazy. I mean, after the group, after the game in uh, Miami, when Lloyd made the bad move of taking Trey out, everybody was like, "Oh man, Pierce got to go. Pierce got to go." I'm like, "Oh y'all serious? Like, I, give me a break." I, 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 will, I will say this to you: you can't lose 101 to 150, and then <laughs> and then two days later lose 101 to 131. Like, but that was to the Lakers no, I, and I then the Clippers. No, I, I I understand, and then to Houston. So in like so in like a a, a seven day period, but uh, you backed uh, it up when you played the Lakers again and only lost by five. No, no, I, I'm just saying, with, all, with missing a game time no, three. No, no, I, I'm just saying I I can understand the fans because they don't have oh, any. You okay. know what I mean? And then when you line up these three games in like a two week period of time, 101, 150, 101, 127, 101, 131. You looking like man? What's going? You know what? What, what really is? What really is going on? So um, yeah, and then they also lost like what eight in a row, nine in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, once it was ten. Row, ten in a row. Ten, so so see so right. so I I I, I get I get it I, I get the bait the the the, the I'm, fans I'm, I'm, are exactly what they are. Yeah fanatics. yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Well, so I can understand that coming. I think I think as we get closer to All Star break, Collins is back. We kind of can, you know, see. You know what? If if injuries didn't happen, then Collins you can start talking about what could have been. Correct, correct. Which is a better yeah. com- a better conversation than what we're gonna have right, right. now. Yeah, and my thing is, I mean, I understand the fandom, and I'm like you, like, I get it. But, you know, and it's hard when you're a fan to really think objectively and think of things in, like, context, you know? And and my, 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 my response to a lot of the thing was like, okay, well, who was the guy that should be getting more playing time that's not getting playing time like what 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 is what, like what what is he holding back like what is he how is he not maximizing his talent here yeah. and i was like tell me the shooters on this team and it's like cricket you know yeah, yeah, tell yeah, me yeah, the yeah. rebounders cricket, cricket yeah. you know tell me the playmakers <laughs> outside of trade cricket yeah. and so i i think that he's 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 really getting the best out of his team yeah nobody wants to lose by 45 50 right. but like i hate to say it like that's that's today's nba like these cats they get down by 30 or something, they mail it in, man. Like, I think that's more of a culture thing than it is coaching. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Don. I, I really like Coach Pierce. Um, I think he's honest. I think he's genuine. And I think that he's what this team needs for right now. And I hope they just give him time to figure it out. Uh, typically in the NBA, they don't. But I hope they do. So we'll see. Well, let me ask you something real quick. Let me ask you. What do you think the Hawks need to go and do? Maybe – um, before the trade deadline or even next year in the draft? Uh, man, I don't know. I mean, you definitely need a big. Um, you're going to have tons of money, so it's going to be interesting to see how they allocate that money. Um, everybody, there, there's so much dead money on this roster. Like, I, the only guys under contract last year, or like uh, next year, are like really the, 
the rooks from this year and like Collins, Trey, mm-hmm. and like <laughs> it's like six guys like on the roster for next year. So, mm-hmm. um, and and Don and I have talked about this. Like, what big do you go out and get? Do you think you can get an Andre Drummond? Do you that's think you I can get a Montrez Harrell? I don't know. But you definitely need a guy that's going to give you more than five rebounds a game. (laughs) And you definitely need a backup point guard. Where do you go for backup point guard? I don't know. Like, I don't have the answers. But I know the backup point guard by platoon, uh, I know that's not the long-term issue. I knew this was a Band-Aid, and they're just trying to do the contract thing. But I don't know. But you definitely need backup point guard, and you definitely need a big. Yeah, I was – yeah, like we were talking about, I, if you get Andre Drummond, you do that because he's not somebody looking to score. Well, yeah. You don't have to appease him, but for so much. And then but that you, lets Collins play his natural mm-hmm. power forward position. And you get somebody with tough. I think the other thing that, and tough, I, yeah. the, other thing that the Hawks are missing That's is, what Coach they, Pierce they, preaches. They, get not, physical. Get but, but into somebody. No one is physical. Like, but they're, cause not, they're not built for that, <laughs> except for Hunter. Yeah, Hunter's yeah. the only one that's body type that's yeah. built to be physical. Yeah. No one on, on this roster, mentally, men, mentally or physically, is a bruiser. So... Maybe you, maybe they have to since they have so much money. Maybe they overspend to get someone like Drummond in, which people are like, why are you spend so much money on Drummond? But you may have to do, <laughs> that, have to do to, that to, to exactly to, to bring him just in, like so. you had to, uh, just like you had to overspend to get Joe Johnson. Yeah, you know yeah. you kind of overspent for it, but you needed that to get you to the next level. I mean, Joe got you some playoff appearances and whatever, but you needed to overspend to get to that next level. Um, I like to. I mean, I would love to see Andre Drummond here. I don't know if they can pull it off. I'm. I'm just not sure. But I mean, when you talk about that 60 win team, to me, the, the crux for that 60 win team was the defense and was the toughness that you guys just talk about. The Damari Carroll, the Tabo Cephalosha, uh, mm-hmm. those two guys. When they got hurt, it was the beginning of the oh, end. Yeah, yeah, blame, they just weren't the same. I blame NYPD. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt. Right. Then Della Dover. Yep. Della finished it off. <laughs> right. Yeah. Blame the NYPD. Hey, and send all emails to Don at. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> boy, you low down. Boy, you low down. Hey man, let everybody know how they can reach you. Hey man, I'm on Twitter, Hawksbeat. Just all one word. Twitter and Instagram. Uh, the website's the Hawksbeat. You guys know me. Hey, I'll be around. I appreciate you. <laughs> all right. Thank you, sir. No doubt. All right, we're finna go to break. We come back. We got football to discuss. This is DNA Sports Talk. It's 1100 AM. Be right back. You're listening to The Real 1100 AM, Atlanta's real sports and entertainment talk radio. This is DNA Sports Talk. This is Ace of the A and DNA. Check us out each and every Monday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WWE AM 1100 or DNASportsTalk.com. If you're more than a Falcons, Hawks, and Braves fan, check out the latest and greatest in sports and news on MLB, PGA, NASCAR, WNBA, NBA, NFL, and NCAA News. Are you tired of eating the same thing every week? Then wake up your taste buds and go to the best Nolan-style food in Atlanta. Copeland's of New Orleans in Atlanta has the best Cajun-style food, specializing in seafood. 
The Jazz Brunch on Sunday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. is the best of both worlds. If you're a sports fan, they have several TVs and a great bar to watch your favorite team. Just be careful if the Saints are playing. Tell them DNA Sports Talk sent you. That's Copeland's of New Orleans in Atlanta. 3101 Carl Parkway, Atlanta, Georgia, 30309. Enjoy food and life. Hey, I'm Murfinetti. You can say Murfinetti Collection is the newest, comfortable, luxurious, and trendy exclusive fashion line that fits its diverse clientele. From the music industry, to the sports world, to the judicial system, to the political world, <laughs> to the average everyday professional, Murfinetti Collection is the new way of life. www.murfinettifashions.mybigcommerce.com once again, you can shop Murfinetti Collections at murfinettifashions.mybigcommerce.com. Jackie Robinson. When you hear that name, you automatically think of strength and courage. You think of someone who broke down barriers. It's time to add another name to those qualities. Cicero Murphy. Haroline from New York, he is the only black American world title winner and Hall of Fame inductee into the Professional Billets Hall of Fame. Did he endure the same treatment as Robinson? What motivated him to get to the top of a Caucasian-dominated sport and stay there? Pick up a copy of the book, Big City Nights, the biography of the legendary Cicero Murphy. It is beautifully written by his grandson, Tyreek Murphy, recounting what made his grandfather a historic man. You can go to Amazon and get a copy of the book for your Kindle or in paperback form. Make sure you go and read about the billiards Jackie Robinson, Big City Nights, the biography of Cicero Murphy. And now back to DNA Sports Talk with Don Stinson and Asa Brown on WWWE 1100 AM. Hello, welcome back to DNA Sports Talk, where we bring the facts about sports. You don't agree? Say so. 404-603-8770 is the number to call in. Once again, 404-603-8770. Appreciate E from Hawks Beat. That's all one word for calling in. Make sure you follow him as well as Deshaun Tate. Tate Takes is the uh, the tag for him. T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E. Did I say that right? I don't know. <laughs> but um, let's move over to football at this particular point. We'll go NFL first and save uh, college for uh, the last segment. This past weekend, the Falcons decided to show up, show out, played a great game against the San Francisco 49ers on the West Coast, ended up winning 29-22. Of course, the last touchdown was just uh, formality of um, 49ers trying to do a several pass back plays to get right. scored and everything. Laterals that, Laterals, thank that you. wind up being fumbles, wind up turning into a fumble. Correct. I looked at, and looking at that particular game, I'm not surprised that they won because Kyle Shanahan has not been going that long. So you know his tendencies. You know the type of plays that he's going to run. And the personnel that he has is kind of similar to what Atlanta had when they went to the Super Bowl that year. So knowing that, you could see why they won that game. I look at it the same way as Matt Matricia, I think I said his name correct, in Detroit, Detroit when he beat um, New the New England that year. 
the, the very next year. You you knew what you left. You knew the, the guys on both sides of the ball, so that's um, not a that's not oh oh wow they beat that team. Now for fans, I understand what they're going through today because you're like, man, we beat the Saints on the road, we beat the 49ers on the road. Why couldn't have this happen? Huh? Beat the right. Why didn't we do before this before? Before they started falling off. That, you know. Um, so, I'm going to go back to the San Fran game. Yes, you got some of that. You know the tendencies of, uh, you know the tendencies. Oh. Uh-oh. Down, down goes Frazier. Down goes. Down goes Frazier. Talking that noise. Talking that noise about uh, the Hawks. <laughs> I mean, the, the Falcons. Um, so, back to the San Fran game. I, um, I understand... Um, what you said about, you know, tendencies and understanding that as well. I also think that, you know, timing is everything. They just came off a real emotional win in in, in New Orleans, you know, scoring 40, 48, 49 points. Um, and, you know, last second field goal to, to, to win the game. Um, so I think you got some of that. They had some injuries. So I think it's a combination of things that were going on um, in that Atlanta-San Fran game. What I am, if I'm an Atlanta fan, what I am upset more about is just this consistency in defensive play that's been going on the last four weeks, four and a half weeks. So, um, you know, th- that's, that's, that's the issue. You got some technical difficulties over here. We're watching on Periscope. Got to put most of the wire on the table. I'm, <laughs> I'm messing with you. <laughs> there we go. We actually need a we need to get a lighter uh a lighter cord. But anyway, we good there. Um, so th- I think I think that's more of the question that you're gonna have from from the fans is where has this defense been this whole year? Um, the play calling, the consistency, uh, you got um getting sacks, you're getting interceptions, you're getting pass breakups, you're getting th- three and out. You know what I mean? Those those type of scenarios. Uh, giving up twenty some odd points—that's you know—that's considerable in the NFL, especially the way they they call now. Um, uh, I think that's that's the the head scratcher is just just the competitive play the last four to five weeks that's been there that wasn't there in that six game losing streak, particularly from the defensive side. But still, regardless, you like man, what could have been. I, I'm saying and no. That's a, no. I'm, I'm saying not. no because we we had them at nine and seven, eight and eight. Uh, yeah, eight and, and eight. they probably wind up. I said at, seven, nine, eight and eight. They'll probably wind up at six and ten. Six and ten, which is a couple which of is games, kind of c- yeah, couple kind of, of games on par what you expect. Yeah. So, um, but again, it's kind of similar to the Cowboys. You look at the roster, especially on the offensive side of the ball, and say, "Man, we should be doing this, but we're not." And I think that's where part of the frustration comes in because looking at – so looking at the Cowboys, they have a big game coming up with the Eagles that decide the they NFC. Eagles, they'll win. Eagles gave up 27 points to my Redskins. I know because they have nobody to throw the ball to. Kyle, has He's playing with um, guys on the practice squad yeah. that are starting. Yeah. So, But, again, the Cowboys, they have 15 guys that were on a Pro Bowl at some point. So, again, you're looking at the roster like, man, this team should be a lot better than what they are. So, but they finally did what they were supposed to do. Yeah. Run the so ball. I think I think for the Falcons, for the Cowboys, for all these teams that are seven and seven, six and seven, or you know, um, 
86. Right at right at 500 and, and out of the playoffs. I think every last one of those teams has an identity problem. Falcons have an identity problem. Right. Cowboys have an identity problem. Eagles have an identity problem. Uh, well, the Eagles, I give them more injuries. I mean, they got injuries, but problems. I mean, even before they, even before that, though, they still don't have a running game. You know what I mean? So, you know, what what are they? Are they constant Winston's team? Like their identity problems? Are they constant Winston's team, or do or they still need Nick uh, Foles from two years ago? Like an identity. You know, all these the question marks is all these teams that you see um, that are in that seven and seven, you know, bunch. What is their what is their identity? Well, the problem with the Cowboys, they're a running team. They just haven't been doing it. That's their problem. Yeah, I, I feel I feel the same. Now the same can be said about the Falcons. The Falcons are in the worst position you could be. They got an offensive line. I told you they purgatory. They, 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 <laughs> they don't have a running back, but they got an offensive line that probably runs block better than they pass block. But you got all the talent on the White House, and you have an above average quarterback. So. What are they? Don't know. So that they're not a physical team. I tell you that much. That, not, I'm not calling anybody soft. I'm just saying they're not a physical team. Yeah. So I mean, it's when you can answer that question, then I then for me, I then you can start seeing particular moves happen for the Falcons. But all in all, a good win. I guess the question is now: Does it save uh, Dan Quinn's job? It's possible. Which is I, that's to me that's still a problem. Because now you're going to go into next year with these same. same questions, these same cloud over your franchise. Because of defense. I told you the biggest indictment to him, to me was when he gave up the play call and on defense and they started playing better. They've been playing better since he did that. <laughs> That's the biggest indictment. First of all, you had to take over play call and coming into the year because everybody's talking about the defense. You're a defensive minded coach. That's your background. So you had to take over and say, well, th- let me put the onus on me. Yeah. And then once you did, you started losing. You gave it back up or gave it over to uh, a couple other guys, and then it got better, which is a problem. Uh, the Patriots came out saying that um, they know nothing about what is going on with the rogue or you know contract hired person to film the Cincinnati Bengals. They said they were doing it for a, uh, a documentary on an advanced scout, the day in a life, do your job is the, the, the title of it. It came out yesterday. That, that person's been with the with, 18, with years. 18 years. <laughs> so he ain't rogue. <laughs> right. It ain't some new person that didn't know. And then the most incriminating thing is when they were filming, the security came over and said, you know, what you doing? What you doing? Like that's not the advanced scout over there. Then you there say, is no advanced scout. Well, I can delete it because it's not connected to a computer or anything. If you're doing nothing wrong, you don't have to say, "Well, I can delete it." What do I say about the Yankees all the time? <laughs> well, actually, before I go into that, let me let me say this: the pro- we, what we say all the time about SEC teams or you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Okay, but there's a level of cheating I, though. I, 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 I get it. I get it. If you're gonna do it, you gotta win. So I will. They, they at least they winning. At right? least they winning. They got five. So they, they got five. Was you know what I mean? So don't do this and and and, and, and lose. Cheat. No, they got six. 
They got six. Don't do this and, and, and lose. lose. They got six. They've been there nine times, ten times now. We talk over the whole course of the. the, the but but recent, since Kraft has been there, they've been there nine, nine times, times. Nine times, and they got six of them. Yeah, I think so. So, um, another reason why Eli gonna get in the Hall of Fame because he beat them twice. Twice. <laughs> um, so they're winning. So I that 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 it does two things. It eases the PR. And then it, it emboldens them to keep on doing it. So now, what you're going to see though is when they don't, when they get put out the first round of this year's playoffs, and then next next year, then the backlash. Then the, that that's when the backlash starts coming downhill. You know what I mean? So I um, say you got caught it again. Like I know how people are trying to minimize the actual filming part that, you know, you can't see the full signals that's being going on. But the thing is, you're not supposed to be filming the team anyway. It's one thing for a scout to sit up there, make notes, and then go back. They all do that. What you're not supposed to do is film, i.e. the Astros. Everybody still signs in baseballs. But until you start filming them yeah. and sending signals yeah. directly to You're the an bench, unfair advantage. that's an unfair advantage. So, here, so here's, here's so fine. I, what's a what's a stiff fine? Twenty million? No, forget the fines. The, they don't get a draft pick this this next coming no, they, year. that happened before. You well, didn't learn from that. Well, they give them two years no so, draft pick. So, like, it's, I, it's this thing. Like, if you punish your child and you know you take away them going somewhere that weekend. And then they go and do it, you know, later again. You're not going to do the same punishment. It's got to be more than that to make sure that they understand not to do it again. I don't need, they all, I don't, they don't get a draft pick to the third round next year. No, no, it got to be more than that. They can't draft, period. Well, that's what I just said. Don't, they don't get a draft pick. You were like, no, nah, it got to be more than that. No, they you said first round. No, they don't get a draft pick. They don't get a draft pick for this coming year. Okay, yeah. Because now you get, Period. The, if you get, like Super Bowl, you wind up drafting 32nd. You know, yeah, you know, you get the last yeah, pick of the first draft right. or whatever, you know. But right. No, no, they don't get a draft pick, period. And then they don't get a draft pick maybe for the And next. whatever trades and, they had, that person keeps that pick. No, or they can go the next year, the year after, then you don't get a draft pick into the second round. Like, you got to you gotta stagger it. You know what I mean? So it punishes them not just for this one year. I think Belichick should be suspended. Now or next year? Next year. For the whole season. That was Sean Payton got, and he didn't know about Bounty Gate, right? Yeah. He didn't get a whole season. He got like four or five games. Got a whole season. Payton or Greg Williams? Payton, Payton didn't get a whole Payton, season. Okay, okay. Williams. Williams got a whole, the whole season. season. Thank Payton you, thank got you. like four games. That was more than that. The head coach, he got like yeah, four games. Yeah, he got more than that. He got like four games. Okay. All right, well, Belichick should be gone for the year. Because it came under his watch, and as big of a control freak as he is, he knew. Now he can pay plausible deniability, but he knew. He no, he was banned for a year. Sean Payton was suspended for a whole year. He lost a whole year? Yep. So Belichick well, should at least get that a year. I thought Payton only got a few games and, and Williams nope. and Greg Williams got, got the full year. Nope. Well they must have indefinitely suspended Greg Williams then. Maybe. And you know they brought him back. Yeah. So if Sean Payton gets a year, Belichick got to get a year. Because Sean Payton said, hey, I didn't know about it, but they're like, no, you're the head coach. It's on your watch. So you're going to get a year. Same thing with Belichick. And then, hey, somebody but just, and it takes away. Someone just said that Rich McKay got four games with fake crowd noise. Right. Pumping in fake noise. Yeah. 
Right. So, okay, I'm with you. So, okay. So, he gets some no, So, they get no drafts. No draft. $20 yeah. million dollar fine. I mean, that's going to cut into Robert Kraft's, you know, massages, but oh well. <laughs> and then... You know, he's been, he been going so much, he got, he got, he got credit. He got... <laughs> he got credit. He got, and then, <laughs> Belichick out for a year. What I want, what I because like... Because you got to say, this is I, not the I, first what time. What I also would like to see, though, is something written on their plaque or whatever that they did this. Because now... We got to go back to the very first Super Bowl with the with the St. Louis Rams. That when they were filming there. Would, and then we got to go back to the Philadelphia uh, Eagles Super Bowl where, you know. They lost that one a couple of years ago. No, 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 no. The first, the first time. When they, 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 they first set a three Super Bowls when it, was, when it was Rams, Eagles, and Panthers. And, every, and two of those three was a, a cloud of how much of play calling were y'all stealing. Well, we saw what they were. They got convicted of it and charged and punished. Well, now I need I need so some, I need I, I don't I, look at them as no, one of the best teams ever. Then that's my point. That's that's what I'm saying. I need something to be said. You know. Then you open up the can of worms because then you start with the baseball talk of putting an asterisk on the steroid era. Well, which is fine. I, I I say for baseball because at some point they put them in there and say from here to here was a steroid era. Just, just say that. So, just, just say, so hey. the Patriots cheated from this point to this point. Yeah. So, um, like I said, they take their final practice for that year. So, right. not claim they did. You, you got, you have to. They've at been, they, they've, they've been doing this for a long time. I, I, just, I don't look at Belichick as the greatest coach. Nor do I look at Brady as the greatest, the greatest Greater quarterback. Quarterback. Not when you've been doing this. Not when you have that kind of an advantage. And you keep getting now, caught. <laughs> right. That's the Because you, you keep, keep getting, getting caught. caught. Right. You got to be smart. But the, like I said, there's two things that happened. They've, they've cheated. They've won. So the vitriol from, the, from, the, from the, the, the fan standpoint is not as bad. And then it's emboldening. Hey, you caught me. So to what? Your point, so what? And I've won. Right. Because you're not taking the Super Bowl away. Yeah. So I'm gonna keep doing it, and I and people are like, "Well, I can't believe they're being so brazen. Why not? You winning? Yeah. For one, you playing in a weak division, so you're automatically five and one starting the year. You might lose one. Then all after that, all you gotta do is win five more games. Yeah, you in? So tennis says you like to play the Cowboys. Go get a whole playoff game. And you're gonna be at home. Yeah. Because you won your division. <laughs> so now, if I'm a decent team. That's two more wins. So instead of being ten and six, I'm twelve and four. If I'm a good team, I'm thirteen and three. Correct. If I'm a great team, I'm fourteen and two. Right. So how many of those teams have they been? Probably a good team that should have been, been ten, a 10, and, and, 6, 10 and six, eleven and five. But because they because cheated, they, cheated, they 12, and four, twelve and 13, four, thirteen, three. I would say at least ninety-four percent of those teams. That's that's that way. That's the question that should be now asked about this whole. New England Patriots. And era. I understand people talking about, well, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, if you're taking he's everybody. He's not doing it for this year. He's doing it for next year. Right. And you're getting tendencies of certain coaches. Coach, yeah. So whether he's there or he goes somewhere else, I got it. Correct. Because <laughs> he may not be the head coach. He may be the offensive defense coordinator somewhere, somewhere else. else. So I'm still going to look at the Falcons uh, beating the 49ers because you knew uh, yeah. Kyle Shanahan's tendencies. There was a time. And we, I, we, I, we said it a lot. There was a time where there were guys that would leave the Patriots 
and they go somewhere else. They would leave. They would be at the Patriots. You'd be like, man, they seem to know Asante the play. Asante they, 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 they Asante knew the, Samuel. They knew the route. Never had more than three interceptions after he left yeah, there. But, but, but on that team, he had a minimum six. You'd be like, he knew the route. Now, how, yep. come, how come you can know the route in one place and then you go somewhere else and the route seemed to, seemed to uh, get past you? Right. I just, uh, just say that, oh, I didn't have any idea once you get caught. Yeah, that means you have it built in. You know what to say, oh, I'm feeling for Robert Kraft Productions. I'm not trying to take this and to I the think, thing. I think that's the, I, think I, also blame the, I also blame the NFL with this. So, but, so the last time, right, real quick, they shut everything down, destroyed all evidence, so we didn't even know to what level they yeah, were cheating. I blame the NFL. So they didn't, they didn't really release the Spygate transcripts. Everything was so destroyed. No one knew what was going on. Now this happened again, and everybody's like, well, you know what? This is the same playbook that y'all were using from the first Spygate. And that's what so, people said was, if you're opposing team, you left fake um, playbooks around, if you had to go somewhere, you took your playbook with you. We already know when you go to Foxborough, so, the, the some, communications some, some, some mess up sometimes. We just seen last week, your, your equipment don't get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always something. We got a call on the line. Hello? Caller? This is Greg. What's going hey, on? Hey, how you doing, doing, man? Doing all right, man. Um, I just wanted to ask y'all this real quick. I know y'all coming from the end of the show. Why... Isn't um, why aren't the other teams trying to cheat? Why aren't they sending film crews and making you know many documentaries for YouTube for uh, for upcoming games? Why aren't the other teams trying this? Because the Patriots have gotten away with this for years. I think, but I, no one else has thought about you know trying to trying their own method. Come on, to, G, you know to why? Take practices and all that. G, you know why? Because nobody has the resource to do it. Plus, they don't. They have these all the own, all they have the owners are billionaires. All the owners are billionaires. They got Kraft the is the they richest got, man in the league. Yeah, they got. They, they got can the, afford this. They got the resources. I, 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 I will answer the question. I will answer the question this way, Greg. I think part of it is integrity, <laughs> and and I hate to get political, but you know who Kraft, who his boy is. <laughs> but he's been in there for like. I don't care. I'm just trying, I'm, what they say about birds? What they say about birds and a feather? Uh, well, well, this could have helped the Cincinnati Bengals this year. I mean, I don't think they have that much integrity to where they're not above trying to win more than one game this the, year. The, 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 yeah, but it, it wasn't about the Cincinnati Bengals. The second, it was about everybody else. The, the, the second thing is, I, I'll say this too, when it comes to that, Belichick is a genius. He crosses. The, he's he gets as close to the line. And puts a, a foot over the line where everybody else gets near the line. And so, so the the, the the setup in New England when you have a, a coach like Belichick and then you have an owner like Kraft, where Kraft doesn't get him into the he doesn't get involved and he doesn't get in Belichick's way, other than this time when Garoppolo probably should have been there. Right. But other than that, he doesn't he has never got into Belichick's way. When you look at all the other these owners, Greg. You if if you, if Jason Gay ain't that bright, let I me mean, let's let's just talk about how many bright coaches you have in the NFL that could actually pull this off, and then maybe in Pittsburgh because they don't change, they don't coaches. change coaches, they don't change, you know everybody in there is the same, the family's the same, there's no turnover internally, maybe the Cowboys, but Jerry Jones is but too, the thing Jerry is Jones though is too you, dumb to you, get involved. If you do it, you gotta win though. 
So a lot of these teams don't have the makeup, the consistency yeah, to cheat within the organization and to, still to stay the same. and get away with it. Yeah, because you you're switching out personnel too much. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe they shouldn't. Well, no, and, that, that, and the, the that, constant has been Belichick, and if he's been if he has indeed been cheating this whole time, the other team should. At least try it. But I mean, but, at least like try to find find different ways but nobody, to get an edge on your opponent. But but without no, but nobody without stays, you know the PEDs and all that other stuff. N- nobody right. nobody stays consistent in their upper management the way New England has. Oh, and that's probably the answer. No one has stayed consistent, you know, for a while. You know, look, you, you look at uh, what's the offensive coordinator's name? Uh, D- McDaniel's. They brought him back. McDaniel. And he got fired from Denver for two. Yeah, they brought him. They brought him <laughs> back, and you know, so you you know, if you just name 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 any team right now, name 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 one, just just name one. It's Chargers. This what? Well, you're talking about the Rams earlier, so them. Okay, the Rams have not been consistent in the organization over the last seven years. They 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 have they've had changes from top to bottom in the last seven years. Right. Name name another team. But still, though, regardless, uh, all of them the cheat. Chiefs, the, all of them cheat, no, though. No, yeah, no, but it's just not to this level. Because they haven't stayed consistent for a long period, period of time. And then on top of, like you said before, when you put in now, you put into a weak division where now I can hone my cheating on two or three games to win. You, you, you see what I'm saying? So I, I'm going to have a divisional playoff game. Every year going into the season for the last 15 years, because I know the Dolphins, the the Jets, and the Bills, Bills. Uh, other than this year with the Bills, weren't going to win more than seven games. So, so who else would you like to see cheat, G? Probably the Cowboys. Well, uh, well, of course I like to see the Cowboys cheat. Uh, I like to see teams that are that look like they're tanking uh, cheat just to see what happens. You know, maybe uh, the Bengals can maybe scheme their way to another win or. Or the Dolphins don't look like that they were uh, the, like they were taking in the beginning of the season. So they should. Uh, I think every team should try. It. Like if, if if the goal is to, you know, get an uh, an advantage or some kind of edge on your opponent, I think you have to do more than just watch film. You got to go out and film, make film for yourself. I think also, <laughs> the, the also 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 the other thing to this though, we can't change the past. The past. If that tuck rule doesn't happen in in in, for, in the Oakland, for the Raiders, if that goes the other way and the Raiders wind up in the Super Bowl, we may not even see half this yeah. because well, it, I mean, it, it yeah that started it, the whole thing. I think Belichick dug deep, in, deep into the rule book on that one. Yeah, so yeah. you know, it's it's a it's a lot a lot of a lot of different things that that wind up happening. Oh, you know, hey, you say the Falcons could kick the field goal and do what they supposed to do? Maybe and that this, changes maybe, things. Maybe right. this, in this fight, this they don't this run doesn't happen. This next set of three runs doesn't Correct. happen. You know what I mean? So a lot of things have broken their way as well. But I think the main thing to answer that question that's a good question. Think about it. They've been consistent from top to bottom. Craft, uh, his people there, Belichick. The only thing that they've changed really. Is from t- every few years they change a defense coordinator. Josh Daniels been there. He left for two years. He tried to leave again. They paid him and brought him back. So this guy that's been doing the recording, he's been there eighteen years. Eighteen years. They don't change. The only teams that are like that are the Pittsburgh Steelers, the New York Giants. And the other teams are not winning. New York Giants. You got to be winning on a consistent basis yeah. to get away with it. Because you say other teams don't do it. Well. 
if the uh, uh, now when you, if the Detroit Lions all of a sudden start cheating, they go from a, a six and ten to an eleven and five or twelve and four and win the division. That's going to raise eyebrows, especially if they're consistent across the board as they haven't really changed anything. Yeah. So that raises eyebrows. But somebody who's consistently winning their division because it's weak, consistently being in AFC championship games, you're not going to question it because you think it's the consistency of the coaching, the quarterback, just the style, the Patriot way is not going to winning, be something that's winning brings you winning yeah. brings you uh, what's the word benefit of the doubt. And, to, and unless you're the Patriots by now. Or privilege. Right. Or privilege, yes. Yeah, that as well. So, but I, but I, I will go back to they've been the same from top to bottom these last 20 years, and no other organization in the NFL other than the Pittsburgh Steelers can say can that. say that, right. Let everybody know how they can reach you, G. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at GPlaysItCool and check out uh, Sports Roundtable on Wednesdays at 7 and – Three-point conversion Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Appreciate you, man. All right. We got a, we got a question about how you know other teams ain't cheating. Because uh, what's the boy at, at, what's the head coach for the Lions? Um, Matt Matricia. He ain't that smart. Belichick, <laughs> Belichick be letting the dummies leave. <laughs> That's the reason why they brought Josh Daniels and back. And you got you to gotta win some games to be yeah. – I mean, yeah, they are – Again, everybody's cheating is just not to the level of you, that. When you start winning, people, people buy into it. Correct. You know what I mean? So, All right, we got to get out of here. Follow DNA Sports Talk on Instagram. DNA Sports Talk on Twitter. DNA Sports Talk on Snapchat. DNA Sports Talk on Facebook. Reach us directly. DNA Sports Talk at Gmail. Website. www.dnasportstalk.com. I'll see y'all next week. On WWE 1100 AM. Congratulations, Joe Burrow. Go Saints. <laughs> You're listening to The Real 1100 AM, Atlanta's real sports and entertainment talk radio. You are tuned into WWE, Hankville, AM 1100.